0: Hey, everybody. Payments Professor here, and it is time for the Payments Podium podcast, sponsored by Pigeon, providing faster payments. Today on the Payments Podium, or I should say taking the Payments Podium, we've got a special guest. It is Sarah Owen. She is the Chief Product Officer for One Inc., which is an insurance payments network. Sarah, I'd love to welcome you to the Payments Podium.
1: Thank you so much, Payments Professor. I'm super excited to be here and have this conversation with you. you.
0: All right. Well, you know, first question. And I got to say, folks, Sarah's done her homework. She let me know that she's been following some of the Payments Podium podcast. So she might know the first question that the professor likes to ask. And that is, how in the world did you get started in the world of electronic payments? Because I say people all the time, this is not something you go to school for. Nobody's sitting in kindergarten going, I want to do that. (laughs) So can you give us a brief story of how you ended up in the world of electronic payments?
1: sure thing payments professor although i don't know how to make it brief Um, and of course we all got here different ways i've been in the payments industry now for a little over 20 years so interestingly enough my degree was in psychology with a minor in english i was actually taking some graduate courses in english and creative writing and found myself working at a magazine in houston texas As an editor, (laughs) I know this is kind of a crazy way to get to payments, Um, and we happened to have an online magazine, an e-zine, in like 1998. We were actually some of the first for a local magazine. It was kind of quite new, and I ended up getting recruited from all different kinds of companies who just did not have experience in content management or electronic anything so i found myself at an internet startup in austin texas called YClip, which was Yclip clip coupons when you can click and guess what they used uh, first data as a back end to be able to identify online transactions with the act- or online advertisements with actual Purchases. So they would use that credit card as an identifier way, way, way before its time. <laughs> so when so that, it
0: sounds like to me, you were actually, this is why you got recruited into payments. You were doing electronic things before they were cool and mainstream.
1: That's right, exactly. And it's funny because that's where I have found myself throughout the career. I went, so when, you know, we kind of experienced the inter- internet bust. And First Data offered a couple of us jobs. So I went to go work for First Data and had a great, like, nine year career there. And then, you know, just in payments ever since and love it. And, uh, you know, and we all say once you get in, you won't get out because it's just so much fun. It's always changing and you're always learning.
0: And I see, I totally agree. And I tell people that too. It's like the Hotel California. Once you check <laughs> in with electronic payments, you're never checking out, but you're going to enjoy the stay and enjoy the ride.
1: Exactly. Now,
0: I, I got to share with you too. I love hearing you got a psychology degree. I just finished my master's in psychology and I think it's wonderful and it's something you can apply to the world of electronic payments because it helps you to really be able to identify what people are doing. Sometimes the trends that are starting to happen. And, and when it comes to trends and payments too, I know that that's a huge huge topic. And from what I know, it's something that you stay on top of. And when it comes to the trends and payments, could you tell us what you're seeing happening right now?
1: Sure. And absolutely. And I will, if I can, kind of put a lens on it because Uh over the past almost two years now, I've been at an InsurTech. So, and we are a payments platform in the insurance industry, we are the largest payments network in the insurance industry. So over the past couple of years, I've really been looking at payment trends with that lens. So how does it impact our business? How does it impact our clients? What are our clients looking for? And so our clients are insurance carriers, and then obviously their clients are their insureds or consumers and so and these trends apply not just to the insurance industry but you know i think that we are all seeing that there is an expectation for digital payment options that you know obviously increased and accelerated with covid where you were inside and you needed and wanted to be able to do anything and everything online and so consumers expect to be able to pay wherever they are via any channel um, that they, that they uh, interact with. And I also think that you know we're seeing an, a trend with alternative payments and a major uptick with alternative payments. So young millennials, Gen Z, if you think about it, they've probably never written a check. <laughs> you know, there are millions of people out there who have never written a check. And um, they're, you know, they're using alternative forms of payments as their main financial vehicle. So, you know, you're seeing the acceleration of usage with Apple Pay, Google Pay, Venmo, and even more emerging, um, emerging payments. And then, you know, then from a consumer perspective and B2B perspective, we also are seeing the emergence of real-time, faster payments. Maybe I'll go into that in a little bit of detail because. Um, there are so many applications there and I think that they solve a specific need in the insurance industry but I will say that also you know just from a, a broader standpoint merchants and in this scenario the merchant is the carrier you know payments is a big portion of their operating expense so they are looking for any way to decrease payments costs so I am seeing you know, a a focus on payment optimization. So whether that's increased authorizations, whether that is implementing issuer tokenization, which can reduce, um, you know, interchange rates, I think there's a big focus on how to make, um, you know, payments cost effective for the
0: users. Oh, wow. You just gave us a lot. I mean, and it just shows how much is happening in this industry right now, because I mean, talking about it, and I agree. I mean, quote of the this this podcast so far has got to be expectation for digital payment options, decrease in payments costs, focus on payments optimization. And when you mentioned the different generations too, one that I'm starting to hear about is, I don't know if you've heard this term yet, but generation alpha, you know, the people that have been born in the 2000s at the new, the, the, I guess, the newer next generation that's coming up, and we're wondering what they're going to be doing in payments. <laughs> but what really caught my attention, I mean, if you know the payments, Professor, is you start talking faster payments, and I'm like, yes, yes, I got to hear more, because there's real-time payments with the Clearinghouse, FedNow coming from the Federal Reserve. These are payments moving at the as fast as we can possibly move them, and- From your point of view, when you look at what's happening in the insurance industry, what benefits do you see when it comes from having a product and services like FedNow and RTP available?
1: Okay. Well, I see a ton of benefit and I also see a ton of use cases. So I wonder if I should start with the most, with the least exciting use case now. Uh
0: Yes, build attention. Let's go with the lease, and let's build it up. <laughs> okay, great.
1: <laughs> so, um, you know, if if you think about insurance, the insurance industry, there are many places where payments are exchanging hands, and so obviously there's the inbound payments where consumers are paying their premiums. Um, then there are what we call outbound payments where con- consumers, and in this industry, we call them insureds or claimants are looking to receive money for a claim but then there's also the insurance carriers and and we focus on the property and casualty space they need to pay vendors for services with a result you know that were a result of that claim or that accident And then also in some of these insurance carriers, um, they don't necessarily have their own agents that are selling the insurance premiums. So they have um, partners that sell the insurance premiums. So there's also agents to pay. And so there's use cases in all of these. So I'll talk about the agent first. So think about you have a local insurance agency. They They may be selling multiple brands. So they may have multiple policies that they can sell. And can you imagine how influential it would be for an insurance carrier to say, well, guess what? I can pay your commissions real time. So if you sell an insurance policy, I can pay you real time. You can see that money in your account in seconds. So think about, you know, a Friday. And I want to take my, you know, sister out on a really nice treat for her birthday for dinner, I need a little bit of extra money, maybe that's going to incent me to sell one insurance policy over another if I can pay that uh, insurance agent really, really fast. So I see that being a really cool application for real-time payments.
0: And can can I ask here too, uh, because I'm not, you know, really up on the insurance companies and how they all work. Are these commission-based people? So are these agents, would they be working in a commission-based aspect to where, you know, that Friday sale could really make their entire week and they need that instant payment so they can go pay their own bills?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether it's pay their own bills or wanting to do something a little bit fun that they hadn't budgeted for, imagine being able to get those funds automatically.
0: Fabulous. (laughs) All right. What else is there?
1: Okay. So then think about vendors. Kind of the same scenario where, and, and again, being in property and casualty, a majority of the vendors that we engage with are Um, like auto repair shops, auto body shops, but it could also be medical providers. Um, And so the same scenario where we actually facilitate payment to the vendors on behalf of the carriers, right now they have the option to receive that payment via a virtual card, via ACH, or via check. Can you imagine this is a benefit both for the carrier and the vendor? Um, the vendor being able to say, you know what? And again, these are a lot of them are mom and pop shops, so they are watching the dollars, managing their books, managing you know their P and L, managing their budget. And again, they might need the those funds to come automatically rather than weeks with a check process or potentially days with ACH. Um, virtual card is a real time option as well. Um, but I think real-time payments in in not only are they going to be faster, but they also have the opportunity to append additional data, which also will make it much um, easier for those vendors to manage and reconcile and see where those payments are coming from. So I think there's a big opportunity for vendors as well. And I will say that, you know, from a carrier perspective, anything that you can do to close out those payments faster is just better for their reconciliation, better for their overall operating costs, you know, not only um, saving from the cost of a check, which we've seen, again, anywhere from seven to $25, but also operations. So I see huge benefits from a vendor perspective.
0: You know, you mentioned something in there that really catches my attention, and that is that remittance data. That is that ability to have the additional information traveling with the payment. And I, I didn't even think about it. i got to imagine in your industry, that's got to be huge. Which policy, which you know, invoice is actually being paid, being able to reconcile against it, could probably drive one of them small shops crazy trying to figure out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because imagine they are getting payments from multiple carriers for multiple instances and if they can have something as simple as the claim id in that real-time payment um it it will make their lives so much easier so absolutely
0: now okay but i did hear too i think you said there was a third case in there yes there's a third
1: i was waiting for that
0: (laughs) all right what's this last one here because this is one that sounds really good
1: that's the insured and claimant's case. So again, and you know, I'm so excited about the insurance industry because there's so much potential for transformation and so I do keep kind of giving context. But think about the insurance industry compared to all other places where consumers are paying if they are at a real to real retail location either online or offline and buying a television they're paying for that television but they bring home that good they get to experience the benefit of that if i'm at a restaurant or any other place of entertainment i'm paying but i'm i have an experience that's tangible even with like utilities when i'm paying my cable bill i have access to the internet i'm getting something for that payment in the insurance space you're making these payments every month you're making these premium payments so what is the most important interaction that is if i do happen to get into an accident or something you know catastrophic happens that's when i'm interacting with my insurance agency that's what the you know that experience needs to be impeccable um, there is so much at stake with that claims experience. A majority of insured say that if that claims experience doesn't go smoothly, there is a large percentage chance that they will switch carriers. There's about $170 billion at stake each year with consumers who are going through an experience. Are they gonna stay because the experience was as good as it possibly could be, or are they gonna leave? So that brings me to think about real-time payments. So right now, it's already vastly improved when you go from a check to ACH um, or like a, a you know a, a direct to a debit card. But if they have the opportunity, in particular, think about a catastrophic event. I might not be able to stay in my house. I not, I probably need food. I am really not happy. Probably the worst day of my life. And I don't know how to get my money. So all of a sudden now I can give you my, you know, DDA account and I can get that money in seconds. Imagine what, you know, first of all, what a relief that will be to be able to take my family, make sure that they have, you know, housing, food, um and just that I think will be an extraordinarily good experience for that insured and create loyalty with that carrier. And I know that carriers want that experience to be good. They want to be there in the time of need. And I think technology is helping them get to where they want to be. So I think that's the best use case ever.
0: You know, I have got to agree because when you talk about customer satisfaction and customer experience, that is so huge. I'll share with you, I had a situation with my dog Riley. She's my golden retriever, and I I tell this story at a lot of conferences. And we're out hiking, and my windshield gets hit with a rock. And you think, hey, this is not going to be a problem, right? It was not easy, quick, or convenient at all. But when it was all finally settled and done, and I did work with the insurance company, my customer experience went from, I hate this, life sucks, to suddenly, ah, because when I I went to finally, you know, I have to get money back. They did it while I was on the phone. I'm on the phone with them. And they're like, check your account. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Oh my gosh, there's my money. And I mean, it, it totally flipped the situation. So when you look at customer experience, you look at customer satisfaction, what does that really mean to a payment strategy? What do people need to think about when it comes to, you know, that level of satisfaction, that feeling of what they're doing and how instant payments can help? What do they need to think about in putting that into an actual payment strategy?
1: So I think from an experience perspective, you have to, I always like to go through like a customer journey map so that you take that payments experience end to end and you identify all of those points of interaction. And sometimes you identify you know, what I call moments that matter, the really, really, really critical interaction points. So I think anyone who's going into that, this space needs to look at that and how does that apply to their industry? So what is the first presentment point how do you explain to the end user what this experience is? How do you explain what to expect? And then what are the options for the consumer to actually initiate that payment? To your point, maybe it's a conversation when you're talking to someone over the phone. It might be an SMS that you can link to um, an application. You know, What are the channels that you're going to allow that consumer to access RTP? And then on the back end, you know, making sure that you show the status, making sure that wherever they are going for this information, that consumer can see that that payment was delivered, was made, and that they have um, somewhere to go to ask any questions if, you know, something happens to go wrong in that scenario. So I think it's all about mapping out that experience. And and so I just talked about it from a consumer perspective. The same would be true for B2B. You know, I know one thing that is super important and that we get back on surveys all the time is that whether it's a claimant or whether it's a vendor, they want to know where in the payment process is that payment. So the ability to go to, again, whatever channel they're uh, engaging with the, the, the merchant or the carrier, they want to be able to see the status. So Whether that's um, seeing the status as far as where the claim, where it is in the claim perspective, but then as soon as the adjuster determines what that amount is, seeing that it hits in, seeing that it's in the account, that's just going to be a delightful experience.
0: I love how you went, seeing it here, seeing it here. Seeing it here. I don't even have to go add sound effects. You've got them already in there. But what you're making me realize in so many different ways is, you know, mapping out that payment's journey. And it's not just mapping out the customer's experience. You said, what I heard is it's also the journey on the back end. The journey as far as what's happening, what are you doing? What's being processed, you know, on the business side of things within the insurance company too. And then when you jump over to B2B, is that it happens here it happens here does that help people to be able to manage their cash flow manage their business expectations what's coming in what's going to be going out
1: absolutely uh, again think about a small business owner and you know an auto body shop you want to understand what what are you where are what are your accounts receivable where are they and when are you going to get them <laughs> and so if you know that you you can imagine that you have and they can actually come to our website to see what the what those invoices or what the payments are that are outstanding. Um, imagine being able to see where they are in progress and then choose to get them real-time, again, to your point, to help them manage their cash flow.
0: Oh, and this is one industry that we're talking about out here, folks, of what can be done when it comes to FedNow, real-time payments. Benefits for every level exist there. But, you know, I got to say this too, though. Are there any situations to where maybe we don't want to use RTP, we don't want to use FedNow, we want to leave them alone? Like, for example, um, I tell people when it comes to payroll, if your payroll is set up to go via ACH every couple of weeks and it works great, leave it alone. Let it keep going there. But if you have that emergency situation where you forgot to send the payroll, suddenly something like FedNow is a great alternative to be able to go in and fix it. So are there areas that we should just maybe hey, let's leave that the way it is and not look at going to faster?
1: Absolutely. So I guess um you know, my mind really when I'm thinking about RTP is really all around outbound in this space. Oh. So I think you're absolutely right when I'm paying my monthly premium, it's just and and our carriers really love recurring payments. So the best case scenario is the insured signs up for recurring payments on their, you know, um, DDA account and it just happens automatically. Uh, You know, I I don't know um, if, I guess the situation could also be if I am potentially late for my payment because, you know, what happens is when you're late for your payment, premium payment, your policy could get canceled. So there very well could be a great use case where Uh oh, I'm getting pretty close to that policy cancellation time. I want that real time payment because, as we know, ACH, if it happens over a weekend or on a bank holiday, it's not exactly going to settle real time or settle potentially in time for that premium to cancel. So, I actually think that's not something we should watch for, or watch for as in um, be careful of. I think that's something we should explore.
0: I have to agree. I think we found another use case during the podcast here, you know, avoid your uh, policy cancellation by using faster payment options. That's right. All right. right. So we, we've talked a lot here about how the faster payments are going to be able to help. Are there anything, other trends, anything else that we should be paying into attention to that's happening in the industry, you know, hey, keep your eyes on this. I mean, I know there's got to be things in your industry. I, I hear all the time CBDC. It doesn't even exist yet in the U.S. It's really still something growing globally. But uh, is there anything in the insurance industry that we should be paying attention to payment wise? Well, I,
1: I think um, so, you know, it's necess- not necessarily payment wise, but I know that we are looking across the board at AI and machine learning to try to understand you know internally we're using it to optimize our processes and i know insurance carriers are using it all across the board um, whether it's to uh, determine what a premium payment should be what that policy should be or you know help during the claims experience be able to see where that accident was, take pictures of that, and actually estimate based on all kinds of data points what that claim should be. But I see these technologies also, you know, have great application in the payment space, in particular when it comes to fraud mitigation um, and identity. So I think that's, you know, I think that's huge. And I think the large payment processors are already starting to look at that.
0: I love you bring up AI and payments. I actually had a PhD doctor who spent his life researching this in Switzerland on the podcast talking about it and blew my mind. But I think something else, though, that's really important that we got to ask is, can we make money out of this? Because at the end of the day, you know, if if a company can't make money out of it, if it doesn't have benefits that are financial to them, as well as, of course, the customer experience, I, don't get me wrong, I want to have that too. But as a business, we need to be able to ha- be profit from this, see revenue, something like that. So are there opportunities in and payment solutions out there that will help to increase revenues? And how would that actually work?
1: Okay, so I'm thinking about, so there's you know, real-time, faster payments, that's one kind of avenue, and let's talk about that a little bit. But even just, and I think we've seen this trend happening for about the past 10 years, or even longer, but payment facilitation, we all have seen that trend where embedding payments into verticalized software solutions improves the, you know, user of the software's experience, and there's an opportunity to make money on that package solution. So I think that that is a trend that is here to stay. Um, And again, when you you combine software with that payments transaction, it really creates um, stickiness with that end merchant. Um, So then if I think about faster payments, I think there's all different types of scenarios there. And I think there are opportunities to generate revenue and opportunities to save on cost. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. But if you think about from, again, an insurance carrier's perspective, if I'm getting that payment to the end user faster, that's going to, one, decrease my paper cost, two, decrease any operational support, decrease incoming calls. So it's going to create cost savings that I think well surpass whatever the cost to implement the solution would be. And then I do think in some industries, I'm not sure, I don't necessarily think um, on the consumer side in the insurance industry, but I think in some industries, there also is the opportunity to say to the consumer, and we're already seeing this, right, in PayPal or Venmo, um, if you want to receive your funds in one to three days, it's free. If you want it real time, you pay a percentage. Mm-hmm. So I do think that in certain industries, industries, there is the opportunity to do that. And I do see that in particular in B2B. I think that there's an opportunity even in the insurance carrier space um, with for vendors who want to receive their money faster. So I see that happening.
0: Oh, I haven't thought about it being in B2B. So that's definitely something but you, I think you nailed it, though. It's the savings on cost. People are going in expecting, where's my revenue going to be? And not realizing it's the savings overall. I know uh, the PICS system in Brazil, that was something that immediately happened that they didn't expect that, you know, they're like, we're not making revenue off of it, but we're saving by not having to put cash out there. So there's, you know, the, 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 the skies are the surprise. Hey, you're, you're going to actually make money off of this because you're saving money. All right last thing i gotta ask you and i gotta ask this because it is something also i love to do on the payments professor is we have people that are listening that they are new in payments or they're looking to get to like the level you've gotten to in the electronic payments sectors and they're looking for advice on how they can improve their careers advice on how they can do better what they should be doing to be able to rise through that corporate ladder to be able to have that you know career that one day they look back on and go this was amazing So what advice would you give to somebody in the industry to say, if you want to have a successful career, maybe it's insurance, maybe it's in payments, uh, that they should do this. What would you tell people?
1: Thanks, payments professor. I love this question. Um, And and to your point, I think this is what I did in payments, but I think it's applicable to many industries. The first thing, I think the most important thing, is that you should be curious. So... Always, like whatever the industry is that you're in, and and you can transfer industries as well, but try to find out as much about it. Be curious, get to know everything that you possibly can. Become an expert in whatever it is that you're concentrating on. Uh, Differentiate yourself by, again, becoming that person that the rest of the company goes to for answering questions, understanding a certain technology, understanding a certain market. I also think that identifying oh, oh go ahead, sorry. <laughs> we getting asked, okay. <laughs> I also think being able to watch trends and identify opportunities. So whatever role you're in, if it's operations, you know, be on the lookout for how you can um, you know, optimize operations. If you're in sales, look for opportunities to find different markets to sell your products to. If you're in product development, look, you know, listen to the customer needs and try to identify completely new products that you might be able to build. And then, of course, I think it is very important to network and find mentors. Um, I was very lucky early in my career to have a couple mentors and then also get really involved in a couple industry um, associations Uh, That led me to understand different opportunities, understand different parts of the business, and um, created opportunities for me. So I encourage you, if you're listening and you want to get into payments, get into payments, because there are so many opportunities. And I think it's just increasing, but you are going to get out of it what you put into it. So,
0: well... Wow. This has been amazing. Let me just say, I agree. Be curious, be an expert. You shared so much with us today from how businesses might actually want to pay to be able to receive things immediately, how it's going to be able to save on our cost, how we're going to be able to make that journey, map out that journey, see it from all sides of where things can come in and and be able to help. And you, you even gave us use cases, specific use cases of where it helps the claimants, where it helps with the vendor payments, where it helps with paying the local insurance agency. I gotta say, Sarah, thank you for coming on today and sharing all of this information. And for all of you out there listening, if there is a topic or if there's a speaker that you think should be on the payments podium, or you need to get in touch with Sarah, email me kevin at paymentsprofessor.com i'll get you in touch with sarah you can probably find sarah owens she is again the chief product officer for one inc Uh, and um, she's out there on linkedin Uh, if there's that topic though or that person you want on the payments professor email me kevin at paymentsprofessor.com other than that for now i gotta say class dismissed